Welcome back, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John Hoey. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an awesome discussion we're going to get into later today. Is it possible that we've reached a point where Disney and Lucasfilm are being too secretive over their Star Wars projects? We're going to have that discussion a little later today. But just so you guys are wondering which segment we're starting our show off with, the Will of the Force is back, everybody. We are doing it again, and we're happy to have it back in the rotation two weeks in a row. Uh, so before we hop into all that stuff, James, Lacey, guys, how you doing? Uh, are you excited to talk about um, the level of secrecy around Star Wars projects? No. Do you think that... Uh... <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Do you think that uh, the they'll ever invent Skrillex, Skrillex troopers? What? <laughs> no. What? All right. Okay. No, I don't. What is that? What do you mean? What are you trying to say? Because it sounds like Sith or something. Is that what you're going for there? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Right on, man. I love secrets. <laughs> Secrets, secrets are no fun. Secrets, secrets. Who said secrets? Hurt someone. John says, are you ready to talk secrets? So I said, I love secrets. Oh. I really do. Secrets, secrets secrets hurt Star Wars fans. That's what I think happens, but we'll get into that later. Mm. So guys, uh, the will of the force. Are we going to get into this thing or are we going to get into this thing? I don't know. Let's cheer it. James, where's Chirrut? Chirrut? <laughs> James, where's Chirrut? I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. There's Chirrut. There he was. <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> there he was. All right, guys. What do we got this week? Tonight. What is happening? Five, five questions uh, that all start with will. That's not exactly true, but they all are will questions. Um, let's do this. We got the Mandalorian season two is currently in pre-production and it's being written by John Favreau yet again. Uh, if the show has a third season is Favreau still going to be the writer and the showrunner Lacey. What do you think? Wait, what? (laughs) If the show, the Mandalorian television show, Yes. For Star Wars, gets yes. a third season. Oh, got Is it. Favreau got it, got it, got it. coming back to be the showrunner and the writer. Will he? Will so he? So for some reason, I apologize, James. I thought you said will if there's a second season, will he? And I was like, but we just answered that. <laughs> I'm just being an idiot. So uh will he? Yes, I think he will. I think John. John Favs, this is like his baby project. You know, he talks about how when he was younger, he used to write fan fiction about Boba Fett and like how near and dear Star Wars is to his heart. So, yes, I think he will come back if there's a season three to to write it and be the showrunner. John, do you agree with Lacey? Do you think he's coming back or is this a one and two done deal? He will not be the writer for season three of The Mandalorian. I think if he is still with Star Wars after two plus years, he's going to up his paycheck and head to the big game and start doing writing for major theatrical films for Star Wars. So I think two seasons of The Mandalorian is probably what his contract was. And maybe 
he'll, even though he, it, you know, like Lacey said, it was his baby project um, when he was a kid writing about Boba Fett and what have you. But I think that'll be enough. I mean, that's a lot of content. That's like, you know, 20 hours of content right there. So I think uh, a change would be put in place there for a third season, if there is one. So no. Yeah, I'm inclined to go with John on this one, but I don't know. Something about what Lacey's saying is like the fact that it's John Favreau and this is his one opportunity to do Star Wars. And if if he wants to continue doing Star Wars, he I mean, he could. They could give him the movie, but they're probably not going to because they're giving him this. And I think he would be like, I get to keep writing Star Wars however I want to do it, you know? And I, I think he's having a good time doing it. So there's not any, like, animosity there. So, I mean, as far as we know, I mean, the show's not even out yet. Not even season one. So, but I I definitely do think that, you know, the way this usually goes is, like, a great first episode kind of a thing. Like, they're setting up these first couple seasons to be like, look at how awesome it is. Third season's okay. You know, <laughs> and and it can drop yep. a little yep. by bringing in someone else who they think can carry it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, either way, I'd be happy, right? You know, it'd be kind of a bummer to see him leave, but I think that that just we're gonna be in, we're gonna be looking at um, Cassie and Andor season two, and we're gonna be looking at you know Obi Wan series season one you know mm-hmm. there's other stuff going on i wouldn't be too worried about it and i imagine whoever they get in charge to do season three would be fine yeah. uh next question is coming from uh, a patron of ours this is commander evan harris What's uh, up, Evan? also known as harris harris ev nine right. Right? niner yep, yep. nine Hi, at evan. the end all right this patron wants to know, will Hux have any scenes with Ray in the rise Ooh. of Skywalker? John, you're getting this question first. What do you think? I want to say yes, because I want to see that interaction happen. But I don't know if the time needed with these characters and their other interactions affords it. So I'm going to lean towards no. Um, they, I don't believe they've interacted yet in the first two. But I don't think they will in the third. <laughs> so I'm going to say no. They will not interact. Hux and Ray, no. All right, let's see. What do you think? Like John, I really want to see them interact with each other because they're such polar opposites of like personality-wise. I'm going to say yes. I really want them to. I think I want him to say something to her and then her to punch him in the face. Like, I really want to see that happen. So you want it to happen or you think it's going to? That's what I... So I think they will be in a scene together. Okay. Part two of that is I want her to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think this is happening. Yeah. I just don't... I don't see these two characters having anything to do with each other really at all. Mm. Um, it's like, I don't know, like, uh, Jabba the Hutt and Lando. Well, actually they do have scenes. In Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's a bad example. <laughs> I was trying to think of like Lando from Empire Strikes Back. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, they just, they're, they're in two completely it's different like places. Luke that and a Wampa. Just like, there's nothing going on there, guys. Oh, right. stop. Yeah. I don't know, but it just, yeah, it doesn't, uh, they just don't seem to have any 
reason to have interaction with each other. Because they both unless, have beef with the same person. So maybe they like meet for coffee and they're like, that Kylo guy is a real yeah. subby, you know? Do they though? What? <laughs> just Let's kidding. just go to the next one. <laughs> I need some Tylenol. Yeah. Hux definitely has beef with Kylo, Lacey. I'm right. saying Ray. Um, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> the next question is, before Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, will we have any more information about Star Wars movies besides the fact that the Game of Thrones creators are doing the first one? Lacey, what do you think? Do you think there's any chance that we're going to get some more information about the movies besides what we already know? No. No, wait. I changed my mind. Yes. I think we'll get a title or something in the spring leading up to the panel. Um, Because they're going to have a panel about it at Celebration. I think that they're going to give us something. Although they've been known to hold titles. No, I'm yeah. going back to my original. No, you won't. Mm. No. They're mm. super secretive and they like to keep things... Close to themselves, especially with the movies. I think they're going to do a really big Disney Plus push, and I think they're going to be talking about the the shows a lot leading up to Celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying too, John. What do you think? So, give your answer. Go ahead. I just I, I don't think they're gonna I don't think we're gonna get any information from this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, it, it's weird too because they say because in this question, John, you're saying that they're doing the first one. Yes. Well, I don't even know what that means. Writing and producing. But they're doing all three. Nope. They've only said the first one. They've announced dates for three Star Wars movies, and they've only said Benny F. and Weiser doing the first one. But they said they're doing a series of. Doesn't movies. mean those two movies are theirs. It's never been factually really revealed that. So you got to stick to the info at hand. Nah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're doing anything with this. Okay. The uh, movies are not on the plate. Not on the plate. Well, I think I disagree. I think we are going to get some information. You still have the Ryan Johnson stuff that's floating around out there. Um, I and as I've been saying, I think they're going to wait till episode nine comes out. Uh, before they bring him up again in a lot of circles. So I think something's going to come up about future Star Wars movies, whether it's a decision about Ryan Johnson's movies or more details about what Benioff and Wise are doing, maybe a director announcement, uh, something like that. Um, you, uh, There's just no way we're going to go from Star Wars, which is a movie franchise with other stuff in it, uh, first, saying goodbye to their biggest saga and then going eight months to their next celebration, not give any information about the future movies, zero chance. So I think we are absolutely going to get some information um, one way or another. All right. Well, the next one comes from another patron of ours. This one actually from the top of the food chain, general David Probus is asking this question. And general David wants to know, Will we see the father, the son, and the daughter from Mortis in the Benioff and Weiss trilogy? Which apparently, as John puts it, is not a fact. Didn't say that. <laughs> Did not say you that. You literally just said that. No, I didn't. I said they had they have a series of movies, but the three movies that they announced, they're not saying that those are necessarily all theirs. Yeah. So they're Benny F and Wise do not have a trilogy. 
you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lacey. Uh, what do you think on this one? Uh, no, we will not. I th- I honestly think that their movies are going to be Knights of the Old Republic or Old Republic. So no, I'm going to say no. Wouldn't that make it more likely? Eh, not necessarily. Okay. I'm saying no. Well, I was thinking you, you said because I think they're going to be Old Republic, then no. So you think they're more likely not in the Old Republic? No, I think they will be Old Republic, but I think that that storyline is confusing to the general public, and I don't think that they'll bring that in. Therefore, no. Okay. John, Sorry, what do you think I had on this? two threads going in my head, and I said one. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, uh, for the simple reason that they've been pretty clear that we're getting brand new characters and brand new stories from the future movies. Um, so I think it's 100% clear as day that we're not going to get anything like that. Um, maybe we see uh, the Mortis characters pop up elsewhere. I don't even think we will. I think that's just its own little bubble and it's going to stay there. Um, maybe it'll show up in another painting somewhere in someone's wall. But as far as uh, the Benioff and Wise, I think we're getting a brand new stuff. Um, and, you know, there may be some lore attachments here and there for how the Force is, but uh, I don't think we're getting references to these characters anyway. So, no. So, I so they're, they did break out. So, the father, the son, and the daughter did show up in Rebels. Um, they didn't show up, like, in person, but the storyline broke out of just those, those yeah. few little episodes. So I would consider something like what happened in Rebels. If that did happen in the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, then I'd be like, oh, so they did show up, right? They don't have to show up in person, mm-hmm. although they would be alive at that time. So maybe, but some sort of reference maybe to Mortis or something. But I actually don't think that's the thing you're going to get. Uh, I think more likely you're going to get a Rebels reference to Tar Vizsla, if, I'm, if that is name, uh, the original Mandalorian Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be way more likely if they're going back into like crazy Jedi lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be more likely that you would get a little bit more of that story, I think, in the Benioff and Weiss stuff. Do you mean um, reference like someone in passing mentions the name or you think they're going to go back on what they said and say, we're focusing on these existing characters? Well, number one, I don't. I don't really think he's an existing character. He's been mentioned like once. Yeah, but it's. But the other thing is like when Benioff and Wise are doing their thing. Like Ryan Johnson's trilogy was the one that was like all new characters, all new worlds, mm-hmm. and Benioff and Wise. They just set a series of films yet to be. I mean, they could be doing something that we're familiar with. Oh, okay. I I I don't know where I thought that I saw that they were also kind of clean slate. Blank canvas. I think it's but. yeah. Only Ryan yeah. Johnson said new. I think that somewhere along the lines, someone like maybe Pablo Hidalgo was like, someone was like, "Oh, this confirms the old Republic," and he's like, "Uh, no, all new, you know, or something like that." And then maybe it got turned into like, "Well, that completely wipes the possibility of old Republic and stuff." And it's like, no, it doesn't. It just, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, an adaptation of Knights of the Old Republic wouldn't be all new. 
Right. Right. And also, it doesn't always have to be Knights of the Old Republic. Like, you just take it that's, to that that's era. What, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, be, so somebody's saying that we're not getting a Knight, just because he's saying we're not getting a Knights of the Old Republic remake or something, you know, live action remake doesn't mean that, that it, it means that it's 100% all new characters and, and stuff like that. You know, it could be a lot of revisited ideas and stories and characters we've seen from yeah. other stuff. Um, but yeah, but the answer to the question, no, I don't think that I think you should focus on other little lore historical things in, in some of the other series and stuff. Um, last question is will general Hux, who is not a patron of ours, uh, will he be cut killed by anyone? (laughs) Yeah. By anyone other than Kylo Ren in the rise of Skywalker. John's coming right back to you. Is Kylo Ren going to kill General Hux, or will it be literally any other person or thing in the galaxy? You know, you almost think he's going to get that Krennic or Tarkin death, where it's just like this giant big death blow. But Mm -hmm. I could see Hux getting getting it by Kylo Ren. So um, I just just feel like Kylo Ren's going to kill a lot of people in Episode Nine. Mm -hmm. Um, will he be killed by anyone other than Kylo Ren? I'm going to say no, but I mean, it's possible, but I'm going to have some fun here. I'm going to say no. Kylo Ren's going to be the one that does it. Uh, so, um, no. All right, Lacey, do you think Hux is going to die at the hands of Kylo Ren? Well, it's the other way around the question, but yeah. Um, Hux is going to die at the hand of Kylo Ren. That's what I said. I think that Hux will die at the hand of an explosion or some other person like Poe Dameron. I don't think it's going to be Kylo Ren. Hmm. I too think that it's not going to be Kylo Ren. I think he's going to be too preoccupied with other things to take down Hux. I think he's going to be elsewhere. Whereas I think Poe is the one that's since Last Jedi has been established as like Hux's other person, you know? You know what it it reminds me of? It reminds me of Return of the Jedi when that random A-Wing crashed into the bridge and it brought down like the Super Star Destroyer. Like it, it wasn't some big crazy feat. It was just one of the things that happened in the middle of that crazy warscape. Um, and I kind of see them bringing that back like an accident or a downed fighter or like a, a, a misfire or somebody shoots down a TIE fighter and that TIE fighter blows their bridge or, a you know, something that causes a massive explosion. Um, I don't necessarily think it always has to be some crazy hero moment where Poe Dameron swoops in and, you know, I mean, he did that in Starkiller base, but then, you know, you start wondering if it's a rehash again. Mm-hmm. Let's do something different, you know. And I think I think Hux is kind of a go down with the ship kind of a guy. Not like a not like a moral thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean like his story is like he was first order to the end kind of a thing. Sure. You know? Yeah, except in and, TFA uh, when the guy's like, even Hux is gone. Hux is like, eh, I like the first order, but not this <laughs> well, much. Well, yeah, that's when he doesn't. That's when he doesn't line up with the classic uh, use of the phrase, Go like down Tarkin, the yeah. who's just like in our moment of triumph, and then two two seconds later, yeah. Um, 
But also, too, we've talked about this before. I I have found that the best way to do this is to play the odds. And the odds are, like I said earlier, Kylo Ren or literally anybody or anything else in the entire that you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then you are likely going to win that argument by saying it's not Kylo Ren. So. Mm-hmm. But all right. Um, that's it for Will of the Force this week. No more... No more questions. We'll have to wait till next Thursday for more questions. If we even do Will of the Force, maybe we'll bring something else in. Maybe we'll play a different game. I don't know. But what I do know now is that we are going to move on to the Patreon pod race. And this week we asked our general, Neil Lowry, what he thinks the Sith Chirper's role will be in the rise of Skywalker. I'm going to send it over to Neil right now. Hi, Resistance Podcast. It's General Neil here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sith Troopers? Uh, I think they're more for what sort of a DIY plan from Palpatine to cover up, cover up uh, his ends and to uh, keep the galaxy in check as well. Uh, I think they'll be keeping an eye on the First Order and also battling the Resistance. I think Palpatine has a much larger plan involved with it all, so... How exactly they figure out, I don't know, but I think they're a cool design and certainly not a uh, market employee. Uh, but don't forget, Civ Troopers will be available come uh, beginning of October in all retailers. So that's my thoughts on Civ Troopers. Uh, keep up the great work. May the force be with you. Okay. All right. So uh, I like uh, it. a secret <laughs> uh, plan by Palpatine. What are you guys thinking? Do you think this is possible? I think if if Palpatine inevitably is the person who's kind of been pulling the strings, it doesn't surprise me that he would have kind of like how he had secret control over the clones. You know what I mean? He's like, order 66, and they're like, boom, right? I, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that no matter how much these seem to be first order or they seem to be part of Kylo Ren or somebody else's allegiance – that in any moment Palpatine could be the one that's saying, nah, these are my guys ultimately. And just like snap his fingers. I wonder if, is that a bigger picture thing? Could Palpatine just be the one that snaps his fingers and he, and again put, pulls every first order Man. on like it's so dangerous. its leadership. It's so dangerous because, and then it's like a big callback to this is what Palpatine does. Right, he's actually pulling all the strings. I, I and don't, he uh, has been in control of the armies at the flip of a switch. Like that was that's always been his big move. I think mm. it's a big problem. I think it really is. It's just man. I mean, I no there's no bigger fan of Palpatine than me, but if he has this big of an impact, oh and which means this whole trilogy it's on him. That really hurts what Vader did in Return of the Jedi, in my opinion. And I don't like that at all. Um, right. So I, I'm trying to keep it simple here and think. And that's no offense to you, Neil. I think it's a great idea. Um, and I don't know. This is just my opinion. But I, I think they may it may be simpler than we think. And maybe these, these guys are just, you know, Kylo Ren being a Sith fanboy. And he names them this. And he's looking deeper into the history of the Sith. And... Um, his dream of always wanting to be a Sith deep down. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I thought you did a great job, though. Uh, so more importantly, thanks for that. 
And uh, thanks for your support, man. Lacey, you want to add anything on top of Neil's pod race? Or Yeah, I think I do think he makes a good point, though, that it would be interesting if these guys were being strings were being pulled behind the scenes by Palpatine. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. Because like John said, I think it takes away from everything Vader did and bringing down the, the Empire. But I mean, the new description that we got, well, somehow got, we're going to get into that in the, the discussion. Um, it's hard not to think that he's involved somehow. So I guess similar to what Neil said, how does he play into it? And also, I will be picking one up at a retailer. So thank you, Neil, for letting me know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it then. Um, thanks again, Neil, for the pod race. Neil. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to move on to the discussion. And John, you want to give us a little bit of description on what we're talking about for the discussion this week? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Hey guys, it is discussion time. We are going to talk about, well, we're going to answer this question, hopefully. Have Star Wars projects become too secretive? So, you know, spoilers are a massive part of fan culture today, due in large part to the internet and social media. But is there a point where studios are too secretive about their projects? So, you know, we're less than five months away from The Rise of Skywalker uh, and there have been minimal marketing to this point. Uh, the Mandalorian, only four months away. Really nothing right now. Uh, Resistance Season 2, Zip. Uh, future Star Wars series, nothing yet. Future movies, pretty much silence at this point. Have Star Wars projects reached a point where they are simply too secretive? So, um, in other words, do does... Disney and Lucasfilm need to kind of let their fans in a little more and not, you know, put up the wall. Uh, so let's let's kind of talk about it. I'm sure we all have different points of view on this. My point of view here is I think it's reached kind of a bubble where fans feel kind of like shut outside of the clubhouse a little bit. And I think it causes problems in a lot of different ways because then you start getting more fake information and fake leaks and people and other sites are making things up to get their clicks and I don't see the need for it. I understand protecting it because you want the audience to get the full experience of seeing everything, but maybe let the fans in a little more. So that's kind of where I'm starting things off from my perspective here. I don't know where, uh, James, why, why don't you tell me where you stand on this, uh, uh, on the onset, uh, and then um, Lacey, and then we can go from there. Well, when we started the episode, I said, no, I wasn't excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't exactly mean it like, no, I'm not excited to talk about it. But my my thoughts on this, I think, are like 100% in the other direction from you, John. So I'm like not, I don't know, I'm just not interested in like arguing that or getting into that debate mm-hmm. necessarily. But I, I, I really just... I. I really want to hear Lacey's point of view because I feel like since you're so on one side and I'm 100% the other direction, where she stands, I think, is the most important thing. I think that they are being super secretive, and I think they have been for a while. And I, you know, when we talked about doing this as a discussion, my my first thought was like, when did this become the thing with movies that they're super secretive and they wait till the last minute to announce anything? Because I know they love the shock value of like oh surprise here's a trailer and then it tells you nothing about the movie which i appreciate because you go in you know fresh to an extent i mean i love 
spoilers and leaks and stuff like that. But like John said, it's hard right now with Star Wars because of all the fake stuff. Like, I would find it very interesting if someone went back and looked at all the fake stuff for The Last Jedi and all the fake stuff for Force Awakens, but mostly Last Jedi that was just made up. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember there was one that said that the, the, what is the milking monster again? I'm blanking right now. Bantha? Thalos Island? Siren? Yeah. Oh, that That, thing. Yeah. There was a, a rumor that that was Anakin. That he was brought back. I'm not kidding you. That he that he appeared to Ray as that creature, and then <laughs> after the fa- I'm not kidding. There's a real thing, and after the fact, like then appeared to her as Anakin, and everybody was freaking out because they were like, "Wait, this is where Star Wars is going." And then ultimately, it didn't matter because it had nothing to do with Anakin. But I remember reading that, being like, "There is no way." That this mm-hmm. is true. But like John said, like people just make stuff up now. And I wish that Disney would have and Lucasfilm would be a little bit more open, just at least about like cast lists and stuff, like basic info about characters so that people mm-hmm. don't make stuff up. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's like the ultimate like this movie is so like punk rock and it's so secretive that you're never going to see it. We're never even going to release it. That's like Star Wars movies in like 20 years. But it's like, because <laughs> right, right. like George Lucas jokingly no, said, like, I'm making new movies. That's what no I was one's gonna, say, yeah. yeah, no one's going to watch them. It's like, and he Anthony Carboni had seven. nothing to say to that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So the, the fake rumors thing is one part of it. But I think just from a, a standpoint of fans feeling like they're not a part of the club or they're, they're, not, they're like, they're not being respected. And I'm not saying it's an entitlement where you need to get like all your info or you feel behind. Be spoiled. Huh? You feel like behind. That's how I feel. Like, I, I don't know. I think sometimes fans feel just shut out and it's just like, you know, and maybe part of that's because you see, you know, Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter and sometimes he can get a little not I don't want to say like snobbish towards people because that's not the right word, but almost just like I'm here and you're there and people are like, yeah, Pablo, get him. And it's just like, I don't know, that culture exists. Um, and I'm sure he has his reasons for it. But just overall, I don't I know that Star Wars wasn't always like that. And the prequels is one thing because you knew the outcome. And George Lucas was very open with the prequels. He's like, we're going to show you videos uh, from the set every day. And here's us filming this I lightsaber scene. And yeah. And again, it's different because you knew that outcome, whereas in this trilogy, we don't know what's ahead yet. So we don't know the outcome. So I get that's different. But the original trilogy was a different era. You didn't have the internet. And, you know, Mark Hamill was handing his script to his friends to read and (laughs) stuff like that. So I think there's sort of a, there's got to be a little bit of a middle ground. And I think they've reached, and I know, James, you're going to disagree with me here. So I'm going to get my last point in. I feel like they've reached a ceiling where it's just like so secretive that, it almost like, I don't know, it's turning fans away a little bit. And it seems like Star Wars is the biggest guilty franchise of doing this. I don't see a lot of other franchises being that secretive. I know, I guess, you know, Marvel was to an extent, but to me, it really seems like Star Wars takes the taco with this. And I guess that's just kind of how they're taking care of that brand. But uh, go ahead. I just, I, I don't, I don't think it's the studio's fault at all. I don't think anything having to do with like the Hollywood or the picture making aspect of it is at fault here. And it's a hundred percent us. It's the fans. That's the problem. We want content 
So we create content out of thin air. That's the problem. As far as the actual release of information, it's exactly the same for every movie. The problem is, is that people care more about Star Wars than they do about the average film. So like, nobody's like trying to do like set leaks of the Bill and Ted movie right now. You know, no one's trying to leak that script. No one's trying to find artwork of, you know, what could be and, and the casting and stuff. Cause everybody's like, I'm excited for it and it'll come out when it comes out. But like, there's something extra. And then as as another day goes by and another day goes by and another day goes by, we start asking questions that are, that are silly questions that we shouldn't be asking because it's a movie. Right. But we're like, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? And I, that drove me insane when like, there was a point in time where every single time star Wars posted something on Twitter, the it was official the title. Account, yeah. Yeah. The, the first result was always, yeah, but what about the title? Why haven't you given us the title yet? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, this is, this is crazy. Like it's the fans that are crazy that are pushing and pushing and pushing. And I don't think that this movie is doing anything different than any other movie. It's just that, with every other movie, it feels like a surprise. Like, oh, there's a Hobson Shaw trailer today. Whatever. You know? I agree to that to an extent because I think part of this too is the secrecy and hype that's drummed up by Lucasfilm and Disney because specifically with the title thing, that shouldn't have been a big deal. That should have just been like, hey, production started today for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker coming out next December Mm -hmm. and we all would have been like that title's awesome we would have talked about it but then that would have been it yeah it's because they waited so long about it and then on top of that months prior to that JJ was like I'm starting a Twitter account to give you live updates from the set throughout the process and to give you behind the scenes glimpse and he tweeted once so then everybody was just like okay well you said you were gonna do this and then he didn't, which is fine. I'm not saying he has to, but I think yeah, and some that of that be secrecy. News if any other director did that, you know. Right. And I think part of it is Star Wars. I think part of it is fans. But I think some of that responsibility does fall to Lucasfilm and Disney and specifically J.J. Abrams because he is so secretive. He is like very like close knit. I mean, we talk about it a couple. We've talked about it a couple times, but like he had three cuts of the trailer. And from what we've heard, they didn't show that stuff to Disney until like days prior to celebration. Like they held it to the very last moment to show that yeah. trailer. But the last yeah, Jedi that, that, wasn't that's what, that's an what I'm open, saying, though. An open that, that door either. To my point though yeah. is like how many trailers of Hobbs and Shaw were there before they decided on a final cut, and how soon yeah, but before James, the trailer was aired did they did they decide on that? They final gave version live of the updates. Trailer, you know what I mean? From the process of Hobbs and Shaw, though, like they announced that movie. Rock gave updates, like they talked about the process, they had behind the scenes reels, all that stuff. Are we and, yeah, really have, holding Hobbs and Shaw know, to the though. same level of as Star no, Wars? No, he's though? using it as an example. But like but I think yeah, but that's I a also big think, part of the argument. Yeah, but I I think that it that it is though. I think as far as like a a, a big major tentpole movie that's coming out, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but there's not Hobbs and Shaw celebration. Like yeah, I Star would, Wars. That's that's my a, point. I would compare it more to like Avengers. So like Avengers is a big thing. And yeah, they've been secretive about it, but they've also released behind the scenes stuff. Like the Russo brothers have been very straightforward with their process and, and 
celebrities sharing photos to an extent. Obviously, they shared more after Endgame, but... And and what can be spoiled in a Hobbs and Shaw movie? Like, oh, they're racing cars in this one. Look out, guys. <laughs> Lots of stuff, actually. Uh, I I really feel like they just don't... Like, they, like, the stuff that they do talk about, if they do then it's it's not that big of a deal to anybody. So it's like they just don't. Like, I, I really don't think people are sharing as much about these movies as you think because we're not counting every single day in between every time they shared. It's like, oh, they shared something. And then like a couple weeks later, like, oh, they shared another thing. It's like Star Wars is doing that too. But it's like... Yeah, but my point is they should. so... What? My point is they should. Why? Uh, again, if fans, I feel like that even causes they, problems. What, like they're like, look here's what the happened. Sith troopers. Look what happened. BB nine. The last Jedi, James, when they didn't share anything, pretty much for that movie, aside from teaser, clip, trailer, boom. Uh, t- fans went in saying, "Luke Skywalker's coming back. He's going. He's going to take down all the Knights of Ren. Everyone, He's taking everyone, lightning from the sky." Fans made up all these theories yeah. because yeah. they had no content to base it on, and they You're went into the movie. My point home. No, I'm not, because then they see the movie, which they got no information on, and it, it, it was flipped upside down in their l- head. Less information and than any other movie. That's what I'm that, saying. That's not true. If you look at old Star Wars trailers from the original trilogy, there's a lot more shown on a narrative standpoint than well, when, than when okay, in but these current you're teasers. also talking about the the 70s and the early 80s. Versus I think they the need to go 2000s. back to that a little more. That's my point. No, I think but it's, but it's too much. What what's the point of being so concealed with your story? What what are you protecting at this point other than we're saving you from yourselves? Maybe we don't need to be saved from ourselves. Maybe we want a little more information. Maybe I want to know if Wedge Antilles is in episode 9. Like what's the big deal of telling me that? Is there an Ewok in episode 9? You can tell me. It's okay. It's not going to ruin the movie for me. This is what I'm trying to say. Like there, we don't have any information, and it's there. It's going to be possibly their last big movie, if we're being honest with each other, because we don't know if this is ever going to be this big again. And it's four months out, just like Solo was. They tanked the marketing on that movie completely, and we have nothing. We have one teaser, which half of it was Daisy Ridley standing in a desert. Like, <laughs> at some point, you have to be like, when are you marketing this movie? Honestly, and I'm not the only I've talked to a lot of people who aren't just diehard Star Wars fans, and they're like, I bet a lot of people don't even know this movie's coming out. It's just insanity to me. They really don't. Especially when you think back to when episode one came out, that thing was so heavily marketed, and that's why it did so good. It was the comeback of Star Wars. I don't know why they're doing this this way, but I'm not the only one who feels this way, and I know that. But I I understand your point, James. I do understand your your vantage point that we don't deserve it, and they know what they're doing, and they've always done it this way lately. But it's just, I, I, I feel the frustration in fandom. And to say that it's not palpable, I, I don't know. I feel like it's outside of Star Wars, too, with Disney. Because I feel like they waited till the last minute to advertise Aladdin. And they waited till the last minute to advertise Lion King, too. Like, I didn't start seeing stuff for those things until, like, a couple weeks out. And those, I don't want to... That, that, that's my point, though. I'm not saying, different. like, there's a problem right. within Disney. I'm saying this is how movies are marketed in today's day and age. It's not a Star Wars thing. 
No, no. This is and how I understand all that. movies are being marketed I, this way. I, I, I understand that, but I think from a story perspective, like I don't want to bring Aladdin and Lion King into it because we know those stories already. So they could have told us like, spoiler alert, Mufasa's dying. Well, I'm only Whoa! saying that. Right, but I'm only saying that because you're like, oh, well, I don't know if people know if that's out. And I had a situation today where my coworker was like, I'm going to see The Lion King. And uh, my other coworker was like, oh, let me know how the live show is. Is it playing in Milford? And they were like, the movie. And he's like, it's out? Like, they didn't know. So that's what I'm saying. If they don't know The Lion King is out. You you know why? Because they're, they're probably thinking about what's on Netflix and Amazon Prime, and mm-hmm. HBO Now, and all these other television programs that are taking over. And because of all these streaming services that are coming out, and how people are starting to move away from movies and move into long-form storytelling like television, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones and stuff, and Walking Dead, geez, get off of it. It's a television show. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know... It, it just, it, it's crazy to me, but the, the movie industry is really suffering because people are staying home and watching television. And I, don't think, I think, think that it is, I do. It is suffering, man. It, it's suffering big time. Like I'm looking at, not I'm Disney looking movies. really honestly, the no, possibility that we, <laughs> yeah, that we might not have movie theaters in 10 years. I disagree. Yeah, well, you start like paying Al- attention Aladdin to what's going made, on. Aladdin just made another billion dollars. Like, yeah, Lion I know. King's this is like the global warming billion. argument of like, oh, it's hot out, so this isn't happening. Movies are it's making like, a lot of money, It's like you can give dude. examples of when movies make money, but m- the movie industry as a whole is making less money every year. And movie theaters are making less money. And people are stopped. They stop paying attention. They're like, I don't want to go to the movies. Why do I want to go to the movies? I got my Bose system so at we, home. So, so to I that argument, we shouldn't, TV. We, we shouldn't market these movies then because we don't no, want to try to make actually, money. No, what I think it's doing is it's trending towards trying to it, it be like more of an impulse push on movies. So it's like, this is what's happening in 10 days, in five days. Come see this thing. And it's less of a like a thing where they've they've said like, well, if we just tell them that we're doing a live action Lion King a year from now, people are just going to buzz on that for a year. It's like, no, they're not going to care. I hate that that comparison with the Lion King. Like, I'm so over that. Okay, what movie would you like us to compare it to, John? Star Wars. We're a Star Wars podcast. I can't do that because that movie was 20 years ago. The closest one. No, the closest one was two years ago. What are you talking about? We're talking about Star Wars movies here, right? I'm, I don't care about the Lion King. I don't care about live action remakes of Disney movies. I'm, we're talking about Star Wars movies here, right? The Last Jedi. It was a big problem for a lot of reasons. No, I don't yes. think we're just talking about Star Wars movies. We're talking about has Star Wars become too secretive? No, yes. it hasn't because it because that is how the movie industry is ran. And I disagree completely. I think it's a That's big what mistake, I'm saying. It's like for I'm not fran- for, because you need to separate Star Wars from other franchises because Star Wars fans, you know, there's not fifty hob five hundred Hobbs and Shaw podcasts. There's yes. five hundred Star Wars podcasts. Why? Because fans are really passionate about this franchise. It's different. I don't care about how the movie industry is. They understand this brand. They have to treat this brand differently than they treat 
Ant-Man or uh, Hobbs Fast and Furious 75. See, like see, it's that's, different. That's I think the key thing that you that that we're disagreeing on because I think that when they're making their movies, they're just making movies and however the fans treat them and the success of the movie is a completely different thing. They don't have to cater to the fans I to be like, "Oh, to. there's there's only one Hobbs and Shaw podcast out there, so they only get one trailer. But there's 50 Star Wars podcasts, so they have to get 50 trailers because we have to cater to the, no, that's not the what audience. I'm saying, but yeah, I, 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 I understand I, what you are saying, though, is like because I think what you're trying to say is that they should be regularly catering to a specific crowd because there's more of us and we're more rabid. And I'm like, just, I, I don't think that's true. I think they just need to do business as usual and let the fans do whatever they want, which is why I sympathize often with Pablo. You say he gets a little high up, but I think like when you're working in a certain era and you're like, this is literally how it's been for 20 years. You know, this is just how we've been doing things. And people say, well, you should be doing it differently. It's like, no. <laughs> you're not in this industry. Well, that's, and you're that's, not behind the scenes and we know exactly what we're creative. doing. So that's creative versus marketing. I'm not trying to come at Pablo and how they create these things at all. I mean, I would just bring it up an example that you have figureheads out there in social media and that's yeah. people's access to it. And that's how people like direct their attention. I just think I, I, I'm not saying he's the person that's in charge of that. I'm saying he's defending the people who are in charge of that. Sure. So when somebody like, says you should have told us the t- title by now, he's like, should we have, <laughs> who are you? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I know. Cause this guy is working with the group of people. He's not necessarily like I marketing, guess, but I guess my question is what hurts them to, bring fans in a little more to the creative process and what's happening. And that's what, what, what I think them? did happen with Last Jedi when it's like, or, or even, okay, look at something like Captain Phasma. I've argued to death that Captain Phasma was not underused. She just was made up in the fans' heads that she could have been a really cool character and she was just used the same as hundreds of other like C characters in a movie. Like there's you put on any movie and you'll find like, there's your main characters. Then there's like your, you know, secondary supporting characters. And then there's like tons of ancillary characters who have speaking roles and like, they mm. change the way the plot's going and all this other stuff. And people look at this and every movie has to have that for, in order for it to work. You can't have a full cast of all main characters. Of I course. mean, unless it's like really some weird, crazy movie like buried or something where there's only one actor in the movie or clue. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not even then. Cause clue had background characters. Yeah. But, um, but, but to me, it's like, it's like star Wars fans are saying, no, the ABC character thing doesn't work because I really think that a C character was underutilized. And it's like, no, the C character was supposed to be a C character and they were. We should be lucky that a character as cool as Phasma even got a cameo and speaking role in the movie. Like, that's how I look at it. Yeah, that's... Like, I mean, she showed up in the movie. Yeah, I'm saying I would like to see more of her, but that's not my point here. But uh, I'm talking more about 
letting fans in into what they are doing, not what they should telling them what they should be doing. That's uh, two different things, I think. Lacey, well, when, what, I, when I that happens, like, though, real quick, when that happens, though, yeah. you have fans that build up stories. They're like, oh, sure. So this is so we got a glimpse of Captain Phasma. What's she going to be? Or like BB9E. Oh, they're showing us what this is. This yeah. has got to be important. And it's like. No, dude, we're just we're just trying to show you like just some cool stuff from the movie and you guys are like crazy. Like I almost feel like it would be better if they didn't show us BB9E so that we wouldn't have like done like five podcasts on who that was, you know? Not that mm. we really did that, but I mean, we didn't get <laughs> too heavy say, into it, but I think a lot of people were like this is the news of the week and we're and trying it to stop with tear it apart. It doesn't stop with the movies either, though. It's it's the books. It's everything. It's just like, we can't show you the cover for this book. It's like, you can. You just don't want to. You know, it, it, a lot of that happens. And it's not just the movie. I can go on for hours about this. Because yeah. we were there at you know, at some of the conventions. And like, we can't show you the cover yet. Oh, can we show them this? No, oh, we, we better not yet. It's like, you can. You absolutely can. So, uh, all right. I feel like, Lacey, get in here. What's going on? Me and James are obviously going at it. I, I don't even know what to say. You guys have <laughs> literally been going back and forth for like 10 minutes. Uh, Throwing haymakers. I, yeah, I think they're definitely too secretive. And I think that they could definitely let fans in earlier. I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, hearing you guys talk about this is like when when a guy comes into the store and he is like, hey, this was this. Was, here's a coupon that's expired. And it's like, you could give me the price. You could mark this down for me. You could make it the sale price. And I'm like, yeah, I could. I could. That's not how it works. I could that's... sell it to you for, for $20 cheaper and still technically make money on it. But that's not how it works. And this is like fans, in, in a way, in, in my opinion, what's happening here, fans are demanding that we get more specific information that is not meant to be information for us. And, and whenever they do give us that information, we run with it and go all the wrong directions. So yeah, I, I, I think that if this was not, if we did, if there was no rabid fan base, this would be absolutely business as usual. And they're not being more secretive, but James, this is there just is. the regular schedule. of That's the, the problem. That's, what, that's the problem with that. I have with your argument. You're, you're saying if there wasn't a rabid fan base, there is, and it exists. It's real. It's tangible. But that's not, that's not their, they don't have anything. They don't have any reason to cater to that. Who cares? The, the, guess what? They can, if they, if, Fans start going away after they're like, you know what? No more Luke Skywalker. No more me. I mean, this is something that's very real. And I'm sure they're cognizant of that. Like, we're losing the original branding. Okay. The victory lap is going away. Uh, there's no more Harrison Ford. No more Mark Hamill. And we're going to have young fans and we're going to hope they stick around. But we may start losing the original fans and, and that sort of thing. I think they're aware of all this stuff. All I'm saying is, I don't know. It. it I don't think it hurts them to not be as guarded about their, their product. And I say that from a perspective of Star Wars only because of how passionate this fan base is. And in my opinion, it's the most passionate movie franchise fan base ever. So when like you, you, make, you make the analogy like Bill and Ted, uh, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Because And no offense, but it's like Star Wars is a different animal. We went to a convention for five days on just Star Wars when some con events don't last that long for 
everything be going to a, a con. San event. Diego it's, is in five days. That's my point. We went to a Star Wars one that lasted for five days. So it's it's just like it's. A but way do you different. want them to tell us everything? No, I'm just saying it. It just seems like there's this giant wall up, and it's between fans and Lucasfilm or or Disney or whatever you want to call it. And I I think it wouldn't hurt them so much to just say, you know what? Maybe you know you can you know we can open up and be bring the fans in a little more to what we're doing here. And it's not something I've come up with. I, this is a lot of fans talk about this. And this is why yeah. fans are going psycho on, you know, all these sites that are creating all these news things and rumors things like they can help facilitate that. And as someone who writes mm-hmm. for a Star Wars fan blog and, you know, tries to reach out to Lucasfilm for confirmations on stuff and you never hear back, it sucks. And you know what? It'd be nice to actually get, you know, some kind of clarification on things or a, hey, I'm sorry, we can't respond to that. You know, just try to bridge the gap between you and fans. And I, I don't think they're doing that good of a job of that, in my opinion. I could agree with that. And I don't. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely don't. Yeah. I think they're giving us information. They're like, Hey, here's a new red stormtrooper," And he's, they're called Sith troopers. And then we like, we're like, that's not enough information. And then they're like, all right, well, here's some more information on him. And we're like, that's not enough information. And it's like, at what point do they say, look, man, we don't have to t- give you all this stuff. We're trying to give you extra stuff because you're star Wars fans. And there's these big conventions and stuff, but like, I I almost in some ways feel like they're giving us more information than the than like when I say average I don't mean like the average movie that people are aware of I'm talking about the average over a million dollar budget film which is there's a ton of movies that are like in the 1 million to 5 million budget that right. nobody ever talks about nobody's asking about and I understand that this is like one of those movies that's like at the top at the top at the top but I'm just saying there is a level of like, Hey, we're working on something behind the scenes and we'll let you know more about it as we want to give it to you. And people are saying, you're not giving us enough for information. Your product's too big. And it's like, no, it isn't. I don't, I don't think this affects the, the bottom line at all, how much they, they tell us or don't tell us. So why is it their responsibility think, to be giving think, us more information? Do you think, I think Solo this was is hurt a question. by bad marketing? Yeah. Do I think that Solo had bad marketing? Do you think it was hurt by bad marketing? We got our first trailer three months before the movie came out. And it was a 40 second that, teaser. At I thought that it was odd for a Star Wars movie, but I don't think it's odd for a movie. Again, I, you know, I keep trying to say Star. I'm talking about Star Wars specifically. Yeah, but I own the only reason I think it's odd for a Star Wars movie is because we got Force Awakens and Rogue One and Last Jedi that all had almost identical marketing plans, and La- and uh, Rise of Skywalker is in that same boat. They're doing the exact same plan, and Solo's as far as marketing we know, is right. the only one. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like trailer at celebration, title around this time. Like, it's pretty much, I mean, besides the title thing on Rise of Skywalker, every other movie has pretty much fallen into the same kind of 
timeline. We get the behind the scene. Everybody already knows this. We get the behind the scenes thing at like D23. Well, Force Awakens first teaser and title came out over a year before the movie came out. Yeah, but that's that. Okay. But again, that's like this weird example where like there was this one little thing, but then despite that, it was the first major trailer was at celebration. Then the behind the scenes mm-hmm. was at D23, San Diego Comic Con, whichever one they decided to do. And then the final trailer was in October. Like, forget that everybody always seems to go on, well, we got the first trailer. And it's like, you got this one little thing that was like, hey, here, we're throwing you a bone. But the major marketing of that movie didn't start until Celebration. The same as Rogue One. The same as yeah. Last Jedi. Yep. Like, the but, same as Rise of Skywalker. Like, sure, it all sure. is the same formula. And I don't think anything's changing in that. And I think that their system has been pretty profitable considering they've had successes with all their movies, except for solo in this weird kind of outstanding thing. They tried something different with the marketing. I don't think it was bad marketing necessarily for a movie. I actually think I still kind of feel like as much as we've done make solo Two happen. I still think one of the major things behind solos failure was the, like the last Jedi thing. People were just so mm-hmm. off put by that movie that they're, they were, they were like, ah, I'll maybe someday I'll catch solo. I'm not really that interested in it. And I, I, it seems to me the people that haven't seen solo, they always seem to go back to the last Jedi first. They go, I, I wasn't a big fan of the last one that always, I think it's a mixed bag. Cause there's a lot of people who didn't even know solo was coming out. I've n- I haven't never encountered that. I have. You, maybe you have, but I, I don't think that's a very common thing that people are like, I didn't know it was coming out. Maybe they did know it was coming out, but they didn't know what day it was coming out. They didn't know that it was already out or they were surprised that it was happening. Oh, it's like this weekend. Like, I didn't yeah, like no one clue. of those like, oh, oh, I heard they were making I that. I heard they were making yeah. that movie and it was like out a month ago, you know, like, oh, I didn't even realize that was in theaters. I'll have to catch it when it's on, you know, Blu-ray or whatever. But I, but I don't think that's a problem with marketing of a film. I, I think that's honestly a problem of people not paying attention to film marketing in general. Because yeah. I bet you ask that same person and they're like, hey, did you go see Jurassic World? And they're like, oh, is that out? I, I feel like if you ask the right people, <clears throat> that's a common phrase anyway. Lacey, I feel like you're kind of stuck. I mean, I don't want to argue with John, but I don't want to argue with you either. But I know Mm. that every time we flip back to you, you're like, yeah, I just agree with John. (laughs) No, I just think that it's one of those things that Solo wasn't marketed well. Any marketer would look at Solo and say this was a failed campaign. No one knew what Solo was. No one knew what Solo was about. And it's because that movie was so secretive with what the story was about that nobody cared. And I think going off of Last Jedi, yeah, they did the same plan as The Force Awakens, but that movie has a ton of negativity around it to the point that my parents didn't see The Last Jedi and they don't want to see it because everybody said it was bad. Because it's gotten around by word of mouth that Star Wars fans didn't like it. So now the general public's going, I don't want to see it either. So that being said, 
you'd think that Disney and Lucasfilm would turn around their marketing plan and have more hype and more openness leading into the last one so that they're more excited for it. Well, it was a failed marketing plan, but I don't doubt that they were like, okay, well, Last Jedi clearly wasn't what we were hoping it would be. We need to try something different, drastic, and way way better. I completely disagree with that. No, absolutely not. I think it was, we are tight on budget. What can we do with this budget? Oh, we can only do this. Okay. Oh, we only have this time period to do it. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't, that But both of those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. They say we're tight on budget. This is what we have. It, It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that they had a short time period to turn the movie around and to market it. And they mm-hmm. were like, this is our budget. This is what we can do. We have three mm-hmm. months to do it. You won't give us more time? Okay, this is what we're doing. And they failed. They de- they definitely did not go into Solo going, let's try something different. They said, what can we yeah. do with what we have? And how come they're they're failing? I don't want to say that failing. As the I, same hate thing. Saying, I hate saying the word failing, but they really don't do a lot of social media marketing or like try to get viral campaigns going for these movies. And maybe they feel like star Wars doesn't need it, but you saw a lot of those things for Avengers where it's like, did you survive Thanos's snap? Are you, uh, you know, this or that. And you put your face in the thing. And I don't really see that going around for like star Wars. They could have done that for solo. I feel like it's a, I, I sense, and I might be wrong. I sense that there is an arrogance that surrounds Star Wars that they feel like they don't need to market it and they don't need to do the other things that other movies like. If you look at a movie campaign like Deadpool, Deadpool is a prime example of a the first one of a marketing campaign done right. They did every single thing you can do and they did all A-B testing of what works, what doesn't work, what's funny, what's not funny, what are people reacting to. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew Deadpool was coming out. It was yeah. everywhere. This and and I agree with you, James, that I think marketing in general for movies is changing because of the on demand services and they have to try to get that impulse by. But at the same time, the momentous blockbuster movies of the summer aren't a thing anymore because there's no lead up to it. It's just, oh, by the way, uh, next weekend, this movie's out. There's nothing building up to it. So then it just gets lost on people. Like, I have no plans to see Aladdin. I have no plans to see Lion King. I saw Endgame because there was so much build up to it. And I was like, well, if I don't see this, then I'm going to be the person that doesn't see it. We live in an era where people are doing things based on what other people are saying. And they're doing it so they don't feel left out. A community thing. Mm -hmm. So if people are saying, hey, The Last Jedi wasn't great. And oh, I didn't see Solo because it doesn't matter. You think that Disney would turn around their marketing campaign and say, okay, how do we get everybody involved and how do we share as much information as we can without giving the story away to build that hype? Them being secretive right now is not helping them getting the general public into the theater. I I really do agree with that. And maybe, you know, and I'm not saying, James, like... We, the entitlement, I agree with you, James. Yeah, People I'm are saying, way too entitled. I'm not saying we. you must give this to us. I'm saying wh- how does it hurt them to open it up a little more? And maybe it's a Disney marketing thing and it's not Lucasfilm. Maybe it's Lucasfilm or whoever's creating that one particular product. Uh, it's Disney. Abrams it's or, not Lucasfilm. It's Disney. From, from marketing, it's Disney, I think. But from maybe just protecting the content, it's Lucasfilm. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But I just don't understand what the purpose is of being like, we must not reveal anything. Oh, I can't believe we put that, that plate out that said the Sith troopers are, 
on the dark side. Like, oh my god! Like we need, we mean need to pull that back. And it's like, it's like, it's too much because then you get fans on, saying it was a typo. Well, again, typos right? is like, oh, I put a T instead of an R. Where this is like, no, this was out there, and you know, I think it was out too early. I think they grabbed the wrong sign. And, and if it is, and it's like the whole Matt Smith thing, like. Oh God! It got leaked that he's in the movie. We better just like have him deny that he's involved, and then like fans are like, "Well, now we know he would know he's definitely in in the movie." What if they're just like, "Yep, Matt Smith's in episode nine. Then people would leave it alone. They wouldn't care. Doctor Who, exactly. Who? We don't care. But I now think they, they, they would made still it a thing. think who is he? But it I mean, wouldn't... they made it a thing by making him deny it and stuff. It's just like they're doing everything backwards, in my opinion. And I may be wrong. I know a lot of our listeners may disagree with me, and they're probably. Uh, in your boat, James. But I think fandom is kind of split that way too, where there are people who who really feel that. Uh, uh, and they probably, like I said, there's fans on your side who probably feel like they're doing exactly as needed. So I don't know. I feel yeah. like if, if you're a general Star Wars fan, you probably agree with you too. Saying like, I wish I, I wish they would just give us more. But I don't think they need to give us more. I, it's interesting to me because like we have a podcast that airs two episodes a week and in a way, not to say that we wouldn't be able to come up with fun content, but in a way our podcast is kind of reliant on there being news. And if there isn't there. that news, <laughs> then we start to think, man, I wish they would just re- give us something. There is a reason though, that we're creating new segments like <laughs> One with the Force, um, which can be evergreen, where we're doing things like Kessel Runs and Quote Games. Yeah, but we're not talking about rumors every week. We, For the most part, every week, there is always like some new piece of information. And like I said, I know it's not the same as some of these other movies, but maybe part of the reason that there isn't a Lion King podcast and a bunch of other stuff is because most of the time, movies don't release information like this well also star wars has a lot of content coming up too that you know there are rumors coming you know you got two animated series it's coming more up. than just the. it's more yeah. than just the movies you have two live action yeah. series you have movies ahead like what what what's they know what the 2024 and 2026 movies are why not just say yes we if, we confirm those are all david benioff and db wise's movies people will be like oh yeah. okay i I think to wrap up this discussion, I, I think that there's a good possibility if there was somebody who was, I don't know, like high up in, in all of Hollywood marketing just in general, and they they came out and they talked to us privately, I think that they might say, you'd be surprised. I think they give more information about Star Wars. I think you have more information about Star Wars than the average movie. I think they are giving you that information. And you guys would be like, that is crazy. You're crazy. They're not giving us anything. That's why I totally fundamentally disagree with the idea that they're being too secretive. I think they're either being like perfectly normal or possibly even giving us more, more regular information about stuff. Well, good news. Next week, we're having former C- uh, CEO and boss of Disney, Michael Eisner, on the podcast to talk to us <laughs> all about... No, he's not coming in. Um, yeah, uh, so... Final thoughts? Or are we good? I'm good. Let, let them yeah, decide. You guys have both clearly stated your points as well. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh, a little bit of a Star Wars war, I think, James. Right? 
<laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I just um, knew going into it, I was like, I already know John's opinion on this, and I like absolutely could not agree yeah. more or disagree but look, more. But look, James, we're still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, guys, let us know what you think about this. Um, I think we're going to skip the transmissions this week, maybe. Yeah. Well, they're also it's, not it's listed, I don't think. John. Yeah, I forgot to list them. So, Way to call them out. Uh, we were just <laughs> going to skip it. Yeah, we were just going to skip it. Um, we will. We did get 105 responses on that, so maybe we'll pump bump that over to uh, next week. But um, mm. it was a good one. We'll get into that. But yeah, we ran a little long, but we hope you felt our discussion was at least an honest one and an engaging one and a thought-provoking one. I'm sure there's a lot of you that are going to be on both sides of it and say, John's crazy, Lacey's crazy, James is right, and vice versa. But uh, let us know what you guys think. Do you feel like because Star Wars is what it is, it's different? Is it not? Should it be treated like regular movies? Give us your take. Are they too secretive or or not? All right. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to us on iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, a bunch of others. Uh, head to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your latest news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, check us out on Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast if you want more exclusive content uh, from us here and uh, you know a lot of daily stuff uh, being posted over there uh, from us. And just if you want to support us, of course. And um, that is pretty much that for those plugs, I believe. Yeah. Um, James, when people want to talk to you about how you're right about the discussion today, where can they find you? No one will say I'm right. <laughs> I think I think more people will agree with you than us. No way. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I would be surprised if anybody does. Um, Myra Trunks is where you can find me online. Twitter, and Myra Instagram. Trunks, Lacey. People can find me not being secretive. At Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. Doing that viral thing. Nope. <laughs> Not a thing. You guys can find me at Johnny Hoey, where I think you guys are going to agree with James, but we'll see. I want to thank our Patreon generals, Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Len Brown, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, and Val Trichkoff. And again, to Neil Lowry for doing a great job on the Patreon pod race this week, mm-hmm. uh, giving your take on the Sith Troopers. Thank you all for all of your support and all of our patrons who uh, help us do what we're able to do here, which is spend a lot of time, energy, and uh, you have no idea how much it takes to put this podcast together. We really work hard, the three of us. And even though we argue a lot of times, we really do get along. And I think that's what makes this thing work. So I wouldn't want a podcast with anybody else besides you two's guys. How about that? All right, guys. So now you can enjoy your weekends, and we'll see you Monday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.